Welcome in to the PHNX D-backs podcast. My name is Jesse Friedman, and today I am not joined by Derek Montia once again, but I am joined by a familiar face around here once again joining the show. It's our esteemed guest, Patrick Lyons. Patrick, welcome, welcome back. When you call somebody esteemed, they are forced to cancel any doctor's appointments that they may have. <laughs> with a lawyer they just have to wipe their schedule clean and i have done that for you today because you've called me esteemed and so i i am here here to serve you in the diamondbacks community to talk some baseball which we and uh and i think we're going to do the same thing tomorrow uh somehow we've wrangled patrick into doing doing back-to-back days here on the show so derek will be back on wednesday we'll be back uh here with patrick tomorrow so be sure to join us then uh once again at six o'clock we'll be at six o'clock throughout the week uh and then on friday we'll be back to one o'clock kind of depends on uh, how things work out with the diamondback spring training schedule uh but let's go ahead and and uh talk some diamondbacks baseball here patrick uh the diamondbacks uh lost in in uh brutal fashion to the oakland a's uh here today a final score of nine to eight uh the diamondbacks lose on a walk-off home run by drew lugbauer i'm probably uh probably messing that up patrick you're the baseball encyclopedia among us i don't know if you have uh, the full-on backstory on this guy well the drew lubauer story is a crazy one now his family originally emanates from now i don't know anything about you he's a nice guy uh but that's one of the wonderful things it's not wonderfully awful it's just wonderful these guys that just come up out of nowhere they're double a guys high a whatever journeyman players that come up and, and they make the difference and they, uh, they get a walk-off late in the game uh, at home at Hohokam Park. So uh, that's that's good for the entire Luke Bauer family. They will never forget this day. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of interesting. I mean, today's game ending on a walk-off and then yesterday's uh, Diamondbacks-White Sox game at Salt River Fields. We, of course, weren't live after this one because it was a, it was a Sunday game, but the Diamondbacks nearly threw a combined no-hitter. Uh, came within a few outs of throwing a combined no-hitter in a spring training game. So, you know, I mean, it, it, nothing beats. The storylines are immaculate, Patrick, with a, you know, a combined no-hitter in a spring training game, a walk-off win in a spring training game. You know, these are the these are the kind of dramatic moments that we need this time of year for sure uh but on a on a more serious note uh the diamondbacks have gotten really strong performances early on from some of their fifth starter candidates uh we saw tommy henry he pitched on friday ryan nelson on saturday uh slade sacconi went on sunday all three of those guys were really good blake walston pitched today for the diamondbacks he was the starter against the oakland a's not so great on that front. Uh, Walston, an inning in two thirds, two hits, two runs, two walks, uh, one strikeout in that game. Uh, his command was was a little bit off in this one. He had a four pitch walk in the first inning. Bounced back, was able to get an inning inning double play. Second inning was was a little bit more rough for him. Uh, all in all, not a not a great performance from from Blake Walston. And here is how he felt about uh, about his outing after the fact. It wasn't very good, to be honest with you. Um, we got a lot of things to work on, um, but you know, it's the first one, so a lot to build on from here, and um, you know, just come out and keep doing what I need to be doing. So, didn't find the strike zone enough. Is that kind of? Uh, yeah, just got you know behind counts when I when I don't really need to. You know, those three zero counts are unacceptable. Can't happen. Um, yeah, just a big learning lesson, you know, for 2024. So, um, but it's all good, you know. We're gonna get back at it tomorrow. 
Yeah, so all the way around, not a not an ideal performance uh, from Blake Walston. You hear there, he's pretty pretty hard on himself uh, coming after this one, just saying from the top that it wasn't very good at all. He wasn't especially pleased with with his performance, and yeah, certainly from a numbers standpoint, it, it wasn't great. Uh, the backstory, Patrick, on on uh, Blake Walston, although I'm sure you probably already knew this, knowing you, uh, but the Diamondbacks selected him uh, 26th overall back in the in the first round a few years ago, and he was the uh, the draft pick that the Diamondbacks received after Matt McClain, uh, their pick from the year prior, did not sign. Uh, so Matt McClain, of course, uh, certainly had a nice uh, nice first taste of the majors uh, for the Cincinnati Reds this past year. The Diamondbacks have Blake Walston instead, uh, and they they certainly liked him. Uh, you know, the, he was drafted out of out of high school, and uh, there's certainly some some potential there with a four pitch mix. The velocity is something that I think they counted on coming up, and it it just has kind of never happened for him. We saw that in the kind of 90 to 92 range here today. Um, and yeah, Blake Walston is just uh, hasn't quite panned out uh, as the pitcher the Diamondbacks might have hoped he would be. Uh, but he's also still 22 years old, so there's you know there's certainly still plenty of time here. Yeah, and, and the other piece with with Walston is he's a left-hander, and they they age in a really interesting way, like uh, almost like a fine wine. And he's a, he's a long way from really you know soaking in those grapes. He's he's still a, a relatively young man. Um, but you know, you, you like what he was able to do last year at, at Reno with, I mean, shoot, that, that was, uh, an ERA that in, in many years would almost, uh, make you considered an ace, a four, five, two ERA in the Pacific coast league is pretty yeah. impressive to, to be able to do that. And I sort of think, as you said, like the words he used were rough on himself today. And you know, it, it's, it's one game, it's spring training doesn't mean anything. I also sort of think that he had a look in his eye of almost like, you know, like I just have to laugh that one off, and in a way, that probably takes a little bit of pressure off on him, right? Where sure. It, you've got all these guys battling for the fifth spot. Now he's he's all the way in the back, and so everything else right now is going to be gravy. I feel like going forward, where okay, cool, I'm the odd man out. That takes the pressure off me now for for the whole next month. So I I, I think he'll go out and have probably you know some better performances, not put that same pressure on himself since he knows okay, right now I'm probably ticketed for Reno. So let me go out there and, and prepare for that season in, in AAA. And, you know, I was thinking about Walston earlier today, and he seems like the kind of guy that would have made 20 to 25 starts in, in 2021 or 22. And you'd have been like, this is, this is a good number four, number five starter for a team like that. And now the Diamondbacks are, you know, so – uh, overwhelmed with with quality talent, you know, that <laughs> rotation that they can be picky and choosy and go. Oh, all right, Walston didn't have a good first showing. We still got a lot of other candidates that can easily step up and take that spot of uh, number five in the rotation. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, I think in you know in a world where the Diamondbacks don't have the depth that they do, you know, maybe even in other organizations, Blake Walson is someone who's like very genuinely vying for a spot on, on the opening day rotation. Uh, you guys could probably uh, hear there. I know some people are saying in the chat, he is from North Carolina and you can certainly, can certainly hear that uh, in the way that he talks today was my, my first time getting to meet him personally. So, you know, you, it doesn't take, it doesn't take long. You don't have to talk to Blake Walson for, <laughs> for very long to recognize that. Uh, but yeah, you made a great point about his ERA in the Pacific coast league last year. 
here, uh, you know, four five two is is actually really impressive. And I think the peripherals there tell a little bit of a different story. Uh, Ninety three walks compared to one hundred and four strikeouts. So basically, the same number of walks as strikeouts, which isn't exactly uh, what you want to see. But uh, here's Walston uh, talking about how he's assessing uh, that twenty twenty three season in the Pacific Coast League that he just had. I was pretty satisfied with last year's performance. Um, you know, obviously the strikeouts could have been a little bit higher. Um, and, you know, we're working, they're helping me work on, you know, finding that pitch that will allow me to have a little bit more of that strikeout rate. Um, so, you know, last year was, you know, pretty successful in my eyes. You know, made it AAA, had a very successful season in AAA in my eyes. You know, did a lot of things good. Um, but, you know, we're here to work on, you know, things for 2024. Yeah. So overall, you know, uh, I think he's he's fairly satisfied with with the season he had. But as you heard, there, still certainly looking to improve in, in some ways. He talked about trying to find a pitch that's going to help get that strikeout rate up a little bit. That's been a challenge for him throughout his minor league career. And again, at 22 years old, you know, even though you know, maybe this isn't exactly the guy that the Diamondbacks envisioned when they first drafted him. He's 22 and in AAA. There's something there's something to be said for that uh, in and of itself. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, one one outing, you know, not not a great outing for Blake Walson. But as you said earlier, Patrick, this is spring training and, you know, nobody's winning any job or losing any job just based off of, you know, the first time they go out there. Yeah, the thing that I, I look at with Walston is his previous seasons. So give him credit for the, the 4.52 ERA and, and the hitter's haven that is the Pacific Coast League. But if you go back and look at what his numbers were like in 2022, he had nearly 10 strikeouts per nine. And in 2021, yeah. strikeouts per nine. So the strikeout has always been there over the course of his career as a professional. It just went away from, from things just a little bit last year. Uh, you know, playing against guys that were uh, an average of five years older than him, right? You forget about sure. the, of AAA. It's like, oh, these guys are still developing. There's quadruple-A players in there. There's veteran guys. There's you know, sure. you get, uh, someone like the Oklahoma City Dodgers roster in AAA, and you go, oh, there's like veteran players who could probably you know take a, a spot on the bench or even start for a team like the White Sox or A's or Rockies last year that are losing 100 games. So um, you know, there's older guys that are in that league. So for him to be you know over five years younger than the average player in AAA and to know that that strikeout has been in there in the past, I think is, you know, is, is promising to say, okay, he's, he's going to be able to bounce back just a little bit and be able to contribute to this team in in some capacity. Yeah, he certainly certainly factors into that depth conversation. We'll kind of see how how things unfold over the course of spring training. Uh, Jordan Lawler hit a home run today. And that was a that was a, a big piece of news. We can roll the clip. Uh, this is a video we took out at HoHoCom uh, today of Jordan Lawler just absolutely destroying what I believe was a fastball well over the left field fence. Uh, Lawler is a a big piece for for the Diamondbacks undoubtedly. You know, kind of a consensus top ten prospect in the sport at this point. Uh, he certainly got a hold of this one. And Patrick, I mean, you know, you talk about the Diamondbacks' future and their ability to. Potentially, we just rolling. We just doing this on repeat. I like it, Jacob. Nice. I felt like people really needed to just see that a second time they and just listen to, to the. Hear it. Yeah, I was gonna say they that that sounded a like a cannon. So yeah, it was uh, it was an absolute shot. But yeah, we talked about the Diamondbacks being able to to maintain this and you know not just have this be a, a one hit wonder. 
of them making the postseason and going as far as they did in 2023. Jordan Lawler is a really, really big part of that. And, you know, one home run isn't exactly going to, uh, you know, either make or break his season or whatnot here in spring training, but uh, good to see for sure. It is. And it is against a big league pitcher, too, in, in, in Trevor Gott. Yeah. That's one of the, the interesting things about spring training is you can look at statistics and see a guy playing really well or, or playing you know not so well. If, if, if you're struggling in spring training, all right, you were working on a couple things. These games don't mean anything. It's easy to forget about it. And if a guy's playing really well, at the same time, you could go, well, against what kind of talent were they playing against? What kind right. of talent were the player? So Trevor Gott, big league reliever there for the A's. So Jordan Lawler did that against him as opposed to, you know, someone for the Las Vegas Aviators, uh, which is actually a, a, an affiliate of the Oakland Athletics. It sounds like <laughs> I'm combining all these things. No, no, coincidentally, it's Las Vegas Aviators are the AAA team of the Oakland, potentially soon to be Las Vegas A's. It's very muddy, but what's not muddy potentially. is Jordan is, is, uh, He's a nice prospect, man, and, and he's going to be coming up, uh, I think, when they when when it's his time to, to come up, they're they're going to turn the keys over to him at shortstop. Uh, he'll be ready. He'll he'll have you know proven whatever it is that the Diamondbacks feel uh, that they they he needs to have, have you know shown. And uh, and you have Jerry Perdomo there just moving around as a really player on the infield. So uh, that's it's going to be a big like acquisition. He's already on the roster. He's already already part of the forty man. But even still, it's going to be like a big addition, a big boost to the roster once yeah. he goes out and uh, kind of works on those little minor minor final touches that he needs to make to to really become a full-time big leaguer. Yeah, we've talked about Tori coming out and saying that Geraldo Perdomo is the everyday shortstop of this team. I think that's already already established at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, even if Jordan Lawler doesn't make the, the team out of spring training, which is kind of my read on the situation as of right now, that doesn't mean he couldn't come up in in May, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean he couldn't have a pretty big impact on this team when all is said and done. Uh, so, yeah, we didn't see him really impacting the baseball at the big league level toward the end of last year. It was a really small sample size. You know, the team just kind of threw him in there to see if they could, uh, you know, if he could provide them anything that Nick Ahmed couldn't, especially against lefties. Uh, he struggled, but it was a really small sample size and he'll, he'll be looking to, to build off that here in spring training. Uh, another youngster, also 21 years old, uh, who made uh, a bit of an impression in this game uh, Christian Mena. Uh, we don't have a strikeout highlight, but we do have a pop-out highlight. Uh, Mena just faced, I believe it was three batters all together in this game. Uh, just, just one inning pitch, but you see him here throwing 96 miles per hour, getting a lazy pop fly up the uh, up the first baseline, caught in foul territory. Uh, Mena came over from the Chicago White Sox in the Dominic Fletcher trade that was just made a couple of weeks ago. And the Diamondbacks, when they made this trade, they were hoping to see Christian Mena's fastball velocity come up. And that apparently took all of about two weeks uh, because Mena was 94 to 96 miles per hour. That's what I saw uh, at, at Ho'Com today. And last year, he averaged about 92 and a half in his time uh, with the White Sox and their and their triple A team. So the Diamondbacks might really have something here. And, you know, Dominic Fletcher, I think, has a, has a chance to be a good player. But that was an area of depth for them. And. You know, Patrick, anytime you see a 21-year-old who's in AAA and, you know, his fastball velo just jump like three miles per hour uh, pretty quickly like this, it you know, it's it's definitely intriguing for sure. 
it's a chess move, right? You're you're taking a you know a, a nice player like um, Dominic Canzone, but you're saying, hey, right? There's no real room for him uh, or Jake McCarthy. There's room for one of them, and, and whoever you want, go ahead and, and, and take because we like Mena. And, and yeah, the I mean to your to your point, look. The, that clip is, is very valuable because I'm pretty sure in the Diamondbacks Discord, no one was talking about any any strikeouts, anything like that. They were all buzzing about that pop-up in foul yeah. territory to number 86. I don't think we need to say who it is. <laughs> yeah, obviously we're talking about the Oakland Athletics. But for him to induce that pop-up to number 86, way more impressive than any strikeout he could have had today. <laughs> undoubtedly, undoubtedly so. Uh, yeah, again, you know, you, you don't necessarily read into the results too much, but the velocity Velocity is something that is, you know, I do read into velocity at this point. Um, and yeah, we'll see if he's able to maintain that over the course of the season. But yeah, it was 94 to 96 today. And that's also something that Nick Picoro had just reported on over at the Arizona Republic that he had been sitting in the 94 to 96 range in bullpen sessions. So I'm led to believe this isn't just like the radar guns at Hoke come malfunctioning. I think this is real. And that's a, you know, really positive development for the Diamondbacks. Uh, less positive from, from this game. Uh, Yumin Lin, uh, Diamondbacks pitching prospect, another Diamondbacks pitching prospect who has gotten a lot of hype uh, in recent days, really strong showing in live BP the other day, uh, but not as strong of a showing in this one here against the Oakland A's. His final line today, just a third of an inning, he recorded one out on a strikeout, uh, but allowed four hits on, or five runs on four hits, a couple of walks as well. Um, and yeah, Yumin Lin is 20 years old. Like all, all these guys we're talking about right now are super young. And, uh, you know, you're not you're not too concerned again about just one outing, but not exactly the Cactus League debut that Diamondbacks fans were hoping for. No, no. And again, it's that's one of the beautiful things about spring training is you can just totally brush it to the side as, as if it's, uh, you know, not a big deal because it really isn't. You know, he, he very well could be working on things and, you know, wins and losses are just so the results in and of themselves of, of an, a single at bat are, are just meaningless in, in spring training. And sure. Um, you'd even say they're almost halfway meaningless in, in, in the regular season, because look, there's things that, that coaches and the front offices see and, and, and evaluate that go beyond just the, the end result, right? Sometimes it, uh, the, the effort and the performance doesn't actually match whether or not you get a base hit or not. Um, so, yeah, you know, is he working on something? Who knows? Did he just have a bad day? You know, th- those are kind of the performances that yeah. really see too much and you don't make a big deal about when he's pitching in Amarillo or Hillsboro. Uh, it just so happened that it, it happened on a, on a big week diamond in spring training. So shake it off. Yeah, I will. A uh, couple of observations on you, Min Lin. Uh, speaking of velocity, he was 92 to 94. Uh, mostly there were a couple of it was like 89 90 toward the end it was a little unclear if that was actually the four seamer a different pitch um but yeah his velo was higher than i expected it to be uh for whatever that's worth it was you know he didn't throw all that many pitches so stuff to see you know is he able to kind of maintain that over the course of a of a full start but yeah human lin being in that velo range is is interesting to me i wonder if he was maybe overthrowing a little bit and that you know that contributed to to his issues today he really struggled with commanding his breaking ball uh, it was really, you know, trying to drive that down in the zone for for swing and miss and trying to just drive it down into the strike zone. And he was missing arm side over and over and over again. Um, so, 
Yeah, I, I, I still think I'm still impressed with the stuff that I've seen, especially if that fastball velo is real. I think that, you know, that heater combined with uh, the curveball and, and the changeup that we've seen on the backfields is 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 impressive. Uh, but yeah, not not a great start for you, Min Lin. Uh, I don't think anyone's too, too, too concerned about that at this point. It is interesting to look at this point at where all of the Diamondbacks fifth starter candidates stand uh, in this race. Granted, they've each only had one outing at this point, uh, but we threw together a graphic that has uh, some numbers of all of these guys who are in the mix for that fifth rotation spot. And Blake Walston aside, he, as we discussed earlier, he wasn't he wasn't great today, but you look at Tommy Henry, two innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts. Ryan Nelson on Saturday, two innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts. Slade Ciccone was really good on Sunday, two innings, no hits, no runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Got a, a whiff on all of his on all of his pitches, um, and then Walston yeah struggled a little bit as we said. The Diamondbacks only have room for one of these guys in in the starting rotation. I guess I'll add you know Bryce Jarvis maybe factors into to this conversation as well, though we haven't seen him in a game just yet. Um, but yeah, I mean I guess this is a a good problem for the Diamondbacks to have. These things have a way of uh, kind of uh, figuring themselves out over time here in spring training. I remember last year when the Diamondbacks had a fifth starter competition. You know, it it seemed like one guy was the far and away front runner, and then that guy has a bad outing, and suddenly his ERA doubles and you know these things change a lot but this first run through for all of these guys has been has been really promising yeah that's good man it's good to have that kind of competition that that level going and, and for for all of them you know to have that kind of success it, outside of even just the, the the battle for that fifth spot in the rotation for each individual guy to really get that confidence get their thing going you know they're not really paying attention to you know what the other person's doing and they also you know believe in their abilities that you know they they are a big league starting pitcher and so even if the results don't necessarily show that up in in spring training their coaches uh, are are going to be fully aware of what they're capable of i mean we we all saw what Brandon Fott was able to do in the, in the second half and in the yeah. and the phone call um, that was made by Brent Strom saying, hey, you are going to be pivotal to this team going <laughs> forward. And so I think in, in some shape or form, there could be one guy here uh, that, that starts the season in Reno, but Toy Lovello and, and the rest of the coaching staff knows this guy that's down in Reno is, is actually going to be the one that ends up making 20 to 25 starts and is going to be our number five starter for the duration of the year, even if it doesn't start that way. So that's yeah. one of the, the positive things right now with there being so many options for the Diamondbacks and for such a great coaching staff and that Brent Strom there to say, hey, you know what? Even if the right guy didn't start the, the, the season on March 28th on the 26-man roster, they're going to get the right guy for a majority of starts over the, across the course of the 2024 season. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, another option that they could explore is moving one or multiple of these guys to the bullpen and see see what you get there. Uh, you know, Ryan Nelson, we haven't really talked much much about his outing on Saturday. He was really good. I mean, he struck out five in two innings. He, he had eight whiffs, five whiffs on his slider. Uh, as I mentioned on, a, on another video here on YouTube the other day, he is he's ditched his slower, the slower version of his slider. He's only throwing the harder one now in the mid to upper 80s. He feels like that pitch is easier to make that look like a fastball to the hitter. Certainly makes sense. Um, and it was it was darn effective uh, in that in that game on Saturday, five strikeouts over over those two innings. And. You know, nat naturally, my mind just goes to, all right, if Tommy Henry does get the fifth rotation spot, he seems like 
maybe the favorite, I guess if you had to declare a favorite right now, it would be him just based on his performance last year and how how consistent he was for the Diamondbacks last season. Ryan Nelson, you know, if you get the fastball at, at 96, maybe that jumps to 98 in a bullpen roll. You know, you get him to just narrow in on on the slider and that fastball. That's a pretty compelling two pitch combo for for a reliever who I think could be could be pretty good for this Diamondbacks team. So I know they're they're wary of moving guys into the bullpen and then shifting them back to the starting rotation. We saw that last year with Dre Jameson. He needed Tommy John surgery. I don't know if that's a, a coincidence or what that is necessarily, but I don't think the Diamondbacks want to go there. Uh, but it is it is an interesting decision that they'll maybe have to face. Like, do we want to keep all these guys stretched out or do we see an opportunity for one of these guys to step in into our bullpen from day one and really make an impact that way? Yeah, that was going to be my next point is that the long reliever role right now, there really is nobody that is filling that. I mean, Luis Friez, uh, you know, I, I've seen in some places that being the name suggested where, okay, you could stretch sure. out a little bit, but not in the same way as, as these young guys. Uh, I know there's um, the first week of the season after the, the home stand against the, the Rockies and Yankees, you know, they have an off day and then they go on the road for a week. And then they have an off day. So it's not necessarily like, you know, if they wanted to kind of go to an unofficial six-man rotation and they can use the long reliever, you know, to, to, to make a start, they won't really need uh, to do anything like that. They've got a good, you know, uh, simple and straightforward schedule to start the year with those off days kind of baked in. But, but yeah, you absolutely could use one of those guys as a long reliever. And if Luis Friez has another option left, which that's the rumor going around yeah, town. It does. Uh, no, man, yeah, <laughs> maybe it allows you to have your cake and eat it too and not, you know, send them all back to Reno except for one guy. It does allow you to keep two. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, last guy I want to touch on uh, real quick before we just get to some some quick final updates from spring training. Uh, Blaze Alexander has looked really good for the Diamondbacks in, in the few games that he's played. Uh, didn't have a hit in the game today, but he is hitting 429 for whatever that's worth. I think he's probably three for seven so far in, in spring training. But defensively is really where he stood out the most. We saw him turn an insane double play. Uh, I think that was on Saturday against the Rockies. A play that I'm still not entirely sure if he actually turned the double play. I don't, I don't think the runner was actually out at second base. Uh, but you know they're not bothering with, with instant replay, I guess. Uh, so the, the call stood. He turned another really impressive double play in the game today. Just really, really solid defensively. You know what you're going to get there. Um, I think he has a chance to be a, a contributor defensively at shortstop, at second base, and at third base. There's a lot of value in that versatility. And and the offense that we've, that we've seen so far has been, uh, has been pretty impressive too. Here's Torrey Lovello after the game. He was asked about Blaze Alexander and his impact um, and you know kind of the role that he could play for this team in 2024. Times last year, we were getting some third basemen were getting banged up. We guys were getting traded, and Blaze's name was thrown around as a potential third baseman. Um, so that was last year. You know, you add a year on, uh, he's healthy, uh, he can impact the baseball. We want to create some versatility in case that need comes up again, whether it's now out of spring training or um, or sometime during the season. Why do you guys like him as a guy who can potentially impact the major league team down the He, I think he's an impact bat. He can square up the baseball. I think he's learning still as a hitter. Um, you know, specifically left hit could probably hit, go up and hit left-hand pitching effectively, but with a defensive versatility, um, I think that that's always an added component. 
Yeah, defensive versatility has a has a lot of value. You know, even if there are some questions about how the how the bat will translate to the majors, you heard him there talk about against lefties in particular. Uh, that that Blaze Alexander could be an asset. There's a there's a pretty clear role there. I mean, Geraldo Perdomo being kind of the everyday shortstop for this team. Perdomo was substantially better against righties than lefties last year. So if you're looking to have a backup shortstop who excels against lefties, Blaze Alexander makes a lot of sense there. Um, Patrick, I'm uh, by the day. I mean, it's been four days, so I'm trying not to go too crazy. But I I'm more sold on Blaze Alex on on the path for Blaze Alexander to make this team than I was, uh, you know, when when Cactus League play started. Yeah, I like that he was able to play a little shortstop today, too, late in that game. So, again, as you said, that defensive versatility. I, you know, I think it makes some sense that, that you know he could be a guy that, that is able to break camp. Now, granted, you send him to AAA, you have him, right? You, you have that option. Uh, but if you put him on that, that opening day roster, that means you might be you know cutting ties with either Emmanuel Rivera or Jace Peterson as that yeah. fielder spot, right? Now Peterson, you know, can play a little bit of outfield if, if you really need to in a pinch. So, you know, is it how much are you actually gaining by, you know, seemingly improving your bench a little bit by having a place Alexander, but then removing that depth from your, you know, your your organization, right? Because those guys aren't gonna get go back down to triple to A more likely than not. I, you never know. I mean, sometimes those guys do get get slipped down through waivers. Uh, they might be able to sign a deal with, with somebody else. Um, it's hard to know exactly what will happen. But if you, if you do hold off on Blaze Alexander, who, you know, showed showed last year, spent the entirety of the season with the Aces. So, you know, it hit like 292. So, yeah, you know, he already has that AAA pedigree. So, you know, keeping him hot there, uh, no pun intended there in, in Nevada, you know, <laughs> could, could allow you to, again to have your cake and, and eat it too and, and really allow you to utilize the depth. You know, the one thing that, uh, seems to be true all around baseball. I, I have heard some injuries, you know, that, that have been around on all 30 teams, but I haven't heard a ton of injuries. I feel like we're, not that we're overdue, but it doesn't seem like there's a ton of guys that are already out for the year or are going to miss, you know, the first two months of the season. So injuries do happen and, and, and yeah. sometimes it's kind of sort themselves out uh, for better or worse. So, you know, cross that bridge when you get to it. But Blaze Alexander, no, there, there's definitely a, a good reason to be hyped up about him so far this spring. I think it's it's kind of a matter of, of uh, when, not if at this point. I mean, he's already on the 40-man roster. As you said, he spent the 2023 season in AAA. I don't necessarily think he has a ton more to prove there. You know, maybe take the, the strikeout rate down a little bit. That was, uh, I think, around 27% last year, which is maybe a little bit on the, on the higher end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think about the Diamondbacks options to, to back up Perdomo at shortstop. The, the, you know, Tori Lovello has said he wants Emmanuel Rivera to play some shortstop. He wants Jace Peterson to get some reps there as well. We know about Jordan Lawler, but again, I'm not really, I don't really see Jordan Lawler as a candidate for the backup role because the Diamondbacks want to see him get everyday opportunity. So it makes a lot of sense. He's already on the 40 man. You don't have to create another spot. Um, so we'll we'll see how it turns out. But um, you know, certainly a, a good start for Blaze Alexander on all fronts. Uh, finally, a couple of uh, just quick notes. Eduardo Rodriguez will start for the Diamondbacks on Tuesday, making his Cactus League debut. Uh, so that should be that should be exciting to see. D backs are back at Salt River Fields tomorrow. Um, and then Alec Thomas is dealing with some right wrist soreness. That's something that we learned today. Uh, kept him out of the lineup today. Tori Lovello said that he could have played if the Diamondbacks needed him to. 
but this is spring training and i mean why would you force a player to play when they're dealing with some sort of soreness there's really no reason to do that uh so yeah something that's kind of uh, been bothering alec for a couple of days i know he was tracking pitches today in live bp rather than swinging just trying to get better on that front so we'll continue to monitor that but i don't think any any huge concern on on that front at this point uh, i want to take a quick break here and tell you all about our friends over at empire today uh, which we have some new flooring over in Studio A. Patrick, I don't know if you noticed when you were here, but it is it is far, far better than what was there before. That was our friends over at, uh, over at Empire Today making that happen. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, which we experienced here, and a price match guarantee as well. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. Uh, also, Patrick, I don't know if you noticed when you were here, but we just have Circle K snacks like everywhere in this office. Uh, they have just sort of, they are just everywhere. Uh, we had some of our lovely diehards bring in a Valentine's Day little care packages for all of the different beats here at PHNX, and they were all, everything was from Circle K. It was amazing. Uh, Circle K is not just- a lot just, of controversy in this office. There was a, there was a lot of controversy. people love their Circle K snacks. People love their Circle K snacks a little bit too much around here. And uh, do we ever figure out who the thief is? Jacob? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We yeah, do, Eric, you know? Eric Ruby confessed to uh, stealing the chips. Uh, opening the chips he felt like they were they were communal nobody ever came forward about the popcorn okay although we have a few suspects that we think are probably likely um i won't name names they know who they are is patrick one of the suspects i mean maybe i mean he he was was, in here he was here and then i think somebody on the sun's crew uh lindsey smith for sure ate the m&ms okay and flex ate the second replacement bag of m&ms i'll admit something i'll admit something when i was in the studio on tuesday uh, I did see one of the chocolate and peanut butter bars lying around, uh, around, and I, I, I had to tap in because I had heard some buzz about out there the Circle K chocolate peanut butter bars. I ate half of it, scarfed it before we went on air with uh, you, me, and Derek, Jesse, and then maybe even weirder was when I came back, the other half was gone. So someone else stole <laughs> open chocolate. We have bar some. Bar opportunistic thieves in this office yeah, if somebody's like well that's already open it might as well I like feel they like just when, wait like once you've like taken a bite out of something like that you've claimed it is your own right i mean that's it was a snap situation oh it was a snap all right that was the yeah that's that was... psychotic energy if he picked up the bar ate half of it and then just left it out for people <laughs> that's just crazy person <laughs> Uh, well, if you can't tell, we we enjoy our Circle K snacks around here, and I'm sure you would too. Uh, you can also save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups if you join the Circle K Inner Circle, which we have all done around here. If you like saving money, you should go ahead and get on that. You also, after your first five fill-ups, will save three cents per gallon every day thereafter. Join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations Visit circlek.com for details. Jacob, do we have the Mailbag Monday like song and theme in there? Do have the song, uh, and and I might have muted you for your whole rant after that. So, oh, yeah, nice. when you when you click Solid. on it and it doesn't work, it decides that it wants to mess up the whole system, and ah. then it takes me a second to realize that. But I do have the song. Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess I have to do the the little uh, the little intro here. So. 
Uh, every year is our year on the PHNA Steeback Show. Uh, I'm going to forget some of these, Patrick. You might know them better than I do. Uh, every every week is Shark Week. Uh, every day is Earth Day. Every month is Black History Month. Uh, so on and so forth. We'll just call it there, Jacob. Let's let's uh, let's go to the mailbag. There it is. Yeah, something something like that. I know I I know I missed a few. Derek's gonna be Derek's gonna be furious with me for sure. Uh, Taco Tuesday. Every yeah, that's fair. Every every day is Taco Tuesday on the PHNX Dback Show. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the mailbag, uh, Jacob. What do we uh, What do we have first here? Uh, this comes from Brighton Bobbitt over on X. He says, might be too early for a good answer to this, but who are some guys that have impressed you to this point in spring? Uh, Patrick, I'll give my answer. And if you want to throw anything on, you're more than welcome. Uh, I think we kind of touched on them, uh, touched on at least a couple of names. Uh, uh, Blaze Alexander is certainly a name that comes to mind for me. At this point, he's looked good at the plate. He's looked excellent in the field as well. Uh, the versatility, all of that, I think there's a there's a path for him to make this team. Um, outside of him, I think about pitchers and the starting pitchers that we discussed earlier. I was especially especially intrigued with Ryan Nelson and the swing and miss that he was able to generate in his start. That was the big thing for Ryan Nelson last year was just he would get guys to two strikes and he just wouldn't have the ability to put them away. We saw a more electric version of his fastball. We also saw that slider look about as good as, as I think we've ever seen it. Uh, so those are a couple of names that, uh, that come to mind for me. Yeah, for me, it has to be uh, Andre Shaparo. You know, a nice one of those. There you almost, go. Almost cl- not classic, but one of those great minor league signings you you love to see. And going from the Yankees and saying, you know what, I I, I like to maybe have a more guaranteed uh, opportunity to go to the postseason. So I'm going to go to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And so he had two hits today, including a double RBI. You know, third base guy, but but still at, at 24 years old, you go, all right, hold on. There, there still could be something there uh, as well. You, you can't have enough of those kind of players. So, so far, you know, again, it, it's it's only been a, a couple games, but in, in four games, you know, three for eight with the double today. Uh, yeah. You know, put the ball in play, only two Ks so far. Uh, I like his defense. So, Andre Shaparo gets a tip of the cap for me. Yeah, a bit of a murky path probably for for him to make this roster. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it came over on a on a minor league deal and has certainly he's a he's a big dude, and you certainly have seen him him impact the baseball a little bit early on in spring training. So that's a that's a name a name to watch. Alec Thomas is maybe another name I I throw into this conversation. Uh, he had a really nice inside out swing against a left handed pitcher uh, the other day, just shooting a single to the opposite field. That was. That was good to see for him uh, facing lefties is really the next step for for Alec Thomas, finding a way to have some success against lefties and, uh, you know, not pulling off so so much to the first base side is a big part of that. And what we've seen so far, he seems to have uh, to have made some improvements in that regard. So that's another uh, another name that I would mention. Jacob, what do we uh, what do we got next here? Uh, this comes from Albert 
Albert says, despite evidence to the contrary for a while, I've had a bad feeling that Lawler won't be the star everyone thinks he will be. Can you help assuage these feelings? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think, you know, anytime you're putting the word star on a player who hasn't really played in the majors at all, uh, you know, those, those are high expectations. And I'm not sure that it's fair to expect Jordan Lawler to be a star at this point um, or, or at any point. Like, I think, I think just in general, like you have to see it before you really, at least I have to see it before I really start to believe that any player is going to be a star in this league. I mean, how many times do we see guys come up with all sorts of hype uh, and then, you know, you see it in the majors and, and, you know, they're a fourth outfielder or that, you know, they're not really what you expected them to be. That happens in, in this sport a lot. I think, it, you know, on the positive side with Jordan Lawler, he has he does some things well that I, I think you feel confident are going to translate. First of all, he's a good defensive shortstop. He took a really big step forward in that regard in 2023. And you know, if you're a good defensive shortstop in AAA, you're probably going to be a good defensive shortstop in the majors. And he looked pretty good there toward the end of last year as well. Uh, and then offensively, I think you know there's no there's no questions about his bat speed. Uh, there's a there's a lot of power in there for him to tap into. I know his contact rates were maybe a little bit lower than you'd like to see in the minors last year. So yeah, there's still questions about the hit tool. There's still questions about you know is it is it 10 homer power? Is it 30 homer power? That kind of a thing. Um, but he also runs the bases really well. Like he might be a 70 runner who could give you 30 or 40 stolen bases. So I think the floor for Jordan Lawler is relatively high, just given the defense, given the fact that he plays a premium position is a great base runner and you know I, I think the offense is going to translate enough for him to be a solid major league player uh, but yeah in terms of him being a star I don't know if I would come out and say like yes you should be confident Jordan Lawler will be a star not because I don't like think he has a good chance to be but I just don't really want to put those kind of expectations on anyone I think it's easy to say oh this guy's gonna be a star when they are immediately a star when, when they immediately don't give you any doubt they, they don't put any of that in your head. And obviously for, for Lawler last year, you, you only got to see him in a very small sample size of, of 34 plate appearances and, you know, did, didn't do too much, but he was just finishing up his age 20 season. I, I think, you know, if you go back and look at his age 19 season in, in 2022 and, you know, he finishes the year in double A, but at each level that he moves up, you go, oh, the numbers take a little bit of a hit, but he was 19 years old. And then last year, you know, when he finishes up uh, before making his debut with Reno, he's almost a full seven years younger than the average player in the Pacific Boots yeah. League. So you're right. He hasn't been like a slam dunk, no doubter, you know, his entire development. But, you know, when you're drafted at 18 years old out of high school, you know, and, and only 2021, like you're, you're going to need a little bit of time. So, you know, this, this, not that I'm, not that I, I want to compare Jordan Lawler with an all time great, but if you're just looking at what he did in the majors and you're saying, Oh, you know, he didn't, he didn't impress me. And so I'm just, I just am not totally convinced he's going to be a superstar. It doesn't mean he won't be a superstar. Right? Sure. Uh, in in 2011, in 40 games, a certain someone batted 220 with a uh, with with a 672 OPS, which was only an 89 OPS plus, and ended up being probably the greatest player of his generation in Mike Trout. So Mike Trout came up and <laughs> just, just barely kept that rookie eligibility, went out, won the rookie of the year, almost won MVP of the MVP award in 2012. And again, his first, you know, 
glimpse at the show, his first opportunity, yeah. just looked okay. And so Lawler just looks okay so far, but that by no means should totally allow you to project that he's not going to be a superstar. He might not, but nothing about what he was able to do in 2023 should really definitively allow you to believe, nope, there's definitely no way now. Just yeah, that, yeah, that's a that's a great point. I mean, I think even looking at prospect lists and whatnot, you know, people aren't really uh, losing stock in in Jordan Lawler. You know, selling their stock in Jordan Lawler just because of 34 bad plate appearances toward the end of the 2023 season. That's just you know, if you're if you're a prospect evaluator and you react that quickly to things, you're probably not a very good prospect evaluator. Uh, and yeah, not everyone is Corbin Carroll, as Brandon said in the chat. You know, not everyone's going to come up and, you know, have a pretty epic like game tying double or whatever it was. And, you know, in their major league debut, it takes time for a lot of guys, even including a lot of star level players in this league, as you as you talked about. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't uh, you know, I, again, I'm not going to promise that Jordan Lawler is a star. I'm not going to you know necessarily expect that. But I still think he has a, he has a bright future ahead. Uh, Jacob, what do we uh, what do we have next? Uh, this is from Adam Thomas. Uh, he says, any reason to worry about Yumin Lin after today or was this outing likely just an anomaly? We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would ever use the word worry after one Cactus League outing with, with really anyone. Uh, you know, much less a guy who's 20 years old and, you know, just reached double A last year. Uh, the fact that he's here in the first place and in big league camp, I think is a testament to how how quickly he's progressed and, you know, the the progress that he's made and, and a lot of really, really good things that he's been able to do up to this point. So, yeah, worry isn't isn't a word that I would use. Um, you know, maybe you should tap the brakes a little bit if you were watching our, our live BP video the other day where he's striking out, you know, several Diamondbacks hitters. If you saw that and you're like, yeah, Yumin Lin is, you know, the number three starter of of, you know, the second half of 2024 or whatever, like, yeah, you should probably tone that down a little bit. I don't think those are fair expectations to have for him. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm never Patrick really going to read too much into, into one spring training outing. No, no, you just, uh, it was served a slice of humble pie. That's it. Maybe, maybe he was, you know, on, on a high horse after striking out all those guys, uh, on the backfields during live BP. And this, this humbled him a little bit. Okay. Uh, I still have a ways to go and he'll figure those things out. Yeah. Not, not too concerned about today. Our last mailbag question is probably the most important one. This comes from Hanley. What is the best sauce for chicken wings? Uh, ranch or blue cheese, I think, is are the the options he's proposing there. Uh, Patrick, I'm not I'm not a huge chicken wings guy. I got to be honest here. I guess I would maybe go. That's surprising to me. Is it? Is it the mess? It is the mess. Yeah, I'm it a little bit like. Mess. Would you eat like? Okay, so it is like openly on the show. Are you a boneless wings guy then? No, no, because I know that boneless wings are like, like if you want to be just absolutely like hated or just like, uh, you know, morally destroyed by the people that you're hanging out with, you get boneless chicken wings. Like, I think this is kind of a well-established thing at this point. Patrick, I don't know if you're, if you're with me on this. I don't, I don't do wings too often. I mean, yeah, boneless wings are obviously a, a lot less messy, but Give, give me the bone in. Uh, I'm going bone in on my wings. And I'm going blue cheese. I, I like a good okay. blue cheese, whether it's you know on my wings 
or on a burger. A burger with blue cheese and bacon. Uh, not to get off topic there, but no, blue cheese is, is definitely the right answer when you're getting some wang. When you're getting some wangs. Ah, oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, I I think uh, I think blue cheese is kind of disgusting. I I have to believe I'm not the only person. Yeah, I mean it is it is. A, but I I'm a blue cheese person. But I can see where you're coming from. Like I know that there are people out there that are very much anti blue cheese people because it is a very polarizing thing to have basically just moldy aged cheese. Yeah, yeah, and you, and you pitching it that way isn't exactly helping its case, Jacob. So well, you well done. You really nailed that. <laughs> it's a little liquid. It's a little solid, right? It's lumpy. It's yeah. Very, do you, what's your take on cottage cheese, Jesse? Also, like, yeah, also not a fan. Yeah, any of those like kind of obscure, weird, like liquidy cheeses, I'm I'm probably out. <laughs> but teriyaki on the wings for sure. Sure, sure. Big teriyaki yeah. guy. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I do to be clear, I do really like I mean I think bone in wings are good and yes, bone in are definitely better than boneless, but the mess does get me. I just like for some reason I don't any food that's really messy, it's the same with ribs. I think ribs taste amazing, but the mess that's required to consume them just not really worth the trade off for me. Um so I don't know, am I weird? Am I weird, Patrick? I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I knew that long before this. This, um, no, no, not at all. Yet, certain things are messy like that. But once in a while, you just gotta splurge and go. Yeah, I'm gonna have barbecue sauce, possibly in my eyebrows. But you know what? These are good. <laughs> this is a good place for ribs. I'm gonna go there, and I don't really care if I get any on the brim of my cap. I, I'm getting, I'm getting these ribs. Yeah, I don't want any condiments in my in my eyebrows. That's where I that's where I draw the line. Uh, but uh, where where I I don't draw the line. In fact, I've been making some some serious contributions in this arena recently. Is with our friends over at the BetMGM Sportsbook because the other day in this office, Patrick, we were out of producers and we needed someone who was not schooled in the production realm to heroically step up and produce our bets show with one Damon Farrell. And you know who is in the office that day at nine o'clock? It just so happened to be me. And so I produced our bets show the other day. Were Damon's bets actually good? Did they actually work out well for those who took his advice? That I cannot speak to. I'm, I'm, I was mentally so focused on trying to not like utterly wreck his show from a production standpoint. Um, but Damon, does a, he does a pretty good job, especially when he's listening to my advice. Um, and of course, uh, you can do all of this at, over at the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Uh, sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application for at least $5. You will receive $150 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Damon talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369-NEW York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-991-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. There you go. Nice, nice work, Patrick. Way to, way to come through. Uh, Cog says, late mailbag question. Jesse, have you been to Texas Roadhouse? Apparently that's... No free ads, Cogs. That's right. No free ads. But the answer is no. 
So I'll just I'll just throw that out there. But somewhere I have been is Four Peaks uh, because I do know I do know a thing or two about our friends over at Four Peaks and how incredible their chicken tenders are. That was a perfect transition, Jesse. That was smooth. every every once in a while I you know I I don't make a complete fool of myself. Uh, but yes, uh, be sure to follow them on social. You can keep up with everything happening over with our friends at Four Peaks at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub. Get all the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. Um, I believe our Coyotes crew uh, was out there out there yesterday as part of their a whole event that they were doing a whole bunch of people doing a watch party over at four peaks it's a great place to watch some sports grab some food get a drink all that good stuff uh, visit fourpeaks.com locator to find all your favorite beers and events check out once again at four peaks brew or at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest at arizona's hometown brewery must be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please enjoy responsibly well, to wrap things up today, Patrick, we have some actual free agency news. Uh, with Nick a Ahmed signs with the San Francisco Giants. Nick Ahmed did, in That's fact. That's what we're going to be talking about, right? I don't think Nick Ahmed is a Scott Boris client. Is he? Am I missing something there? No, he's he's not. But That would surprise but, me. I mean, unless we save this for tomorrow, I, I do want to talk about Nick Ahmed for like two minutes. Do, do you sure. Do that? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Have at it. All right. So he signs this minor league deal with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, he's had exactly 10 years with the Diamondbacks, right? And and only the Diamondbacks, right? Yeah. Yep. He's the only one. Like, there's no one else, I think, that's even remotely close. My my quick little research turned up two guys with, with four years, and they haven't played with anybody else. And again, if you have a four-year career, you're, you're not exactly Mr. Diamondback, right? David Peralta should, probably should have been that guy, right? He had nine years before the trade in 2022 to Tampa. He, you know, he's, he's kind of ruined his legacy a little bit uh, after all that business with the Dodgers. But right. right now, at this moment, the guy who is spent after Nick Ahmed, and if he shows up with the Giants, he's out. He's out. He's, he's no longer Mr. Diamondback. Mr. Diamondback right now, Jesse, entire career with the Diamondbacks for the longest time, four years, Yasmani Tomas. Oh, god! I could not find anyone <laughs> with five or more seasons just with the Diamondbacks. <laughs> you just made everyone in the chat so unnecessarily angry, Patrick. I don't know why it's you did this to yourself. <laughs> Corbin's got the Corbin's got the deal. I think sure. when it's all said and done with, he'll be that guy. Paven Smith also. This is year number four for him. So, I mean, you you could go that route as well. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's going to be Corbin Carroll when it's when it's all said and done. But if if Nick Ahmed does not actually play a game with the Giants, then he can still kind of hold that moniker. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he see if he's able to to crack that roster. I figured that. Some team was going to give Nick Ahmed a shot, you know, even though his arm is not what it used to be defensively, still really good. And last year was a, a weird year for him where the splits were highly reversed. He really didn't hit lefties at all, hence why the Diamondbacks ultimately made that move. He actually hit righties pretty well, but that's not really something he'd done well historically. They weren't really going to continue to give him those opportunities. So, yeah, you know, hopefully for for Nick Ahmed, he was, you know, a, certainly a, a joy to cover on a, on a daily basis. Really, really nice guy. Hopefully that, that works out for him. Uh, but, yeah, someone who is not going to be uh, Mr. named Mr. Diamondback anytime soon uh, is Cody Bellinger, uh, who signed with the Chicago Cubs on a deal that I found... 
pretty surprising. Three years, $80 million is the guarantee. There's opt-outs after 2024 and 2025. It's making $30 million this year, $30 million next year, and then $20 million is the salary for 2026 if he actually makes it there. Patrick, initial thoughts on what was, at least for me, a significantly lower guarantee than I expected. Yeah, the overall guarantee is really what it's about because as as far as the AAV goes, you go, oh, yeah, that was probably what he was looking to get in sure. general. But looking to get, you know, probably like eight to ten years, which you have to think was what part of some of those conversations were like between Scott Boris and, and the teams he was negotiating with. Uh, I did write about this for, for Just Baseball, like looking at the history of Scott Boris when he holds his clients out to February and March, um, excluding 2022 because so much of that offseason was, you know, segmented by the lockout. So there were a ton of guys who ended up signing after the lockout. So I don't really consider that to be like, hey, I I, I held my guys out from from signing with someone. It just didn't have the opportunity to do it in December yeah. and January and February. So um, that being what it was, for the most part, whenever Boris ends up holding out to, for maybe waiting for a team to have an injury or something like that, more times than not, his player gets significantly less than what was projected for him. The only time that it really ever paid out and he had to do some finagling was with Eric Hosmer. That was really the only time that he ended mm-hmm. up getting the overall, you know, money that he was looking to get. It ended up being more years, so the annual salary, you know, wasn't wasn't quite as much, but all, all that matters is what's the overall dollars that's going to be guaranteed. Uh, the Padres are still paying Eric Hosmer's contract. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that deal. So uh, it doesn't look well for, for Snell and, and Montgomery and, uh, and even J.D. Martinez. Maybe J.D. Martinez a little bit better since it's going to be a short-term deal. Yeah. Um, Matt Chapman as well. But yeah, you know, uh, Bellinger... Getting the, those opt-outs is probably the best you could hope for where, you know, you have a little bit of longevity where if, if 2024 doesn't work out well or he's hurt, okay, it allows him to come back for another $30 million. And then he's still, you know, such a young guy to begin with that uh, if he doesn't opt out until 2025, that that's going to be okay. And maybe that even ends up becoming the plan because the, the free agent class uh, this time next season or this time next year, the 2024, 25 off season is pretty loaded. So uh, I I don't don't know if that boats better for, you know, there to be more, you know, top notch free agents, or if you want to hold them out in in 2025, Bellinger may become, you know, becomes the, the top of the class at that point. So all in all, you know, Boris did not get the money he was, he was hoping to get. I think if you're Bellinger, you know, you're probably a little frustrated because now you, 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 you can't really take it as easy as you would have liked. You're not as relaxed where, where you have that kind of contract that takes you to the end of your career. You still got to really work towards it. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're the other three guys, you'd, you'd say, yeah, get, get me a Bellinger deal at this point because I just I just want at least a, <laughs> a decent amount of guaranteed money that I was supposed to get uh, and, and a team because the longer you wait, I think – you know, each each day it's probably another million dollars off of of what they can expect to get going forward. I mean, what a what a fascinating player Cody Bellinger is, right? Like you think about how good Cody Bellinger can be at his best. I mean, you know, you look at his numbers from 2019 when he was the MVP. 
You know, he slugged 629. He had an OPS of 1035. He had 47 homers and stole 15 bases and was a good defender. Like, he can be that guy or he can be, you know, 2021, 2022 Cody Bellinger, who's like not really even an everyday caliber player. Or he can be 2023 Cody Bellinger, which I feel like the entire baseball world just didn't really have a good sense of who that guy was. All of a sudden, Cody Bellinger went from being, you know, the guy who sells out for power and swings at everything and strikes out a lot, you know, but hits a whole lot of home runs to being a guy who shortens up with two strikes and, you know, almost had like slap hitter tendencies at times. And of course, he still managed to hit 26 home runs along the way. But you look at the underlying numbers and they were not favorable for Cody Bellinger. If you look at his baseball savant page, it is not very red. There's actually quite a bit of blue, uh, you know, with some of some of the expected stats and some of the underlying stuff. So, I, yeah, I think he's just a, he's a fascinating player. I could see a scenario where he wins the MVP in 2024. And maybe that's a stretch, but I, I mean, he did it before. Um, and I could also see a scenario where, you know, he takes a big step back and maybe the Cubs a year from now are like, oh, shoot, we actually have to pay this guy, you know, $30 million for 2025 and then $20 million uh, for the year after that if, if things don't get better. So, yeah, just a really, you know, interesting situation. Uh, I didn't expect him to get some of the lofty numbers that people were throwing out. At the beginning of the offseason, I think MLB trade rumors had like 12 years and 264 million. That always seemed a little ludicrous to me for someone who had the questions that Bellinger does. But I still like it kind of feels like like Pat like 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 Scott Boris took an L here is sort of I mean, that's sort of like my initial assessment seeing the seeing the numbers. I think so. Yeah, I, I think he just overplayed his hand. You know, and, and all four of the guys that are still out there, they're not really marquee names. That's the other piece. Is like, I, I yeah. think Bellinger is to a degree, but I mean, again, it's been it's been several years since that MVP season, so he's not the the superstar. Like, if you're a baseball fan, you know that Cody Bellinger is a superstar. But if you're just a sports fan, I don't know that you're putting Cody Bellinger in that that echelon right um same thing for blake snell too in fact i'm I'm not even terribly convinced that blake snell is as fantastic as some of the statistics would show because he just doesn't doesn't go very long uh in a game he's he's three times in the lineup two times really um so yeah so i i think that they're they're just not those marquee names to get the long-term deals i i almost think that like boris is maybe just holding out jd martinez just to you know, get a spot for, for Matt Chapman. There could be a team out there. I mean, look at someone like the Giants. Like, they probably really like to have J.D. Martinez. But Boris is like, no, I, I, I've got to move Matt Chapman first because, you know, I know someone's going to gonna take J.D. Martinez off my hands. Um, but once he's gone, that, that could be the last major opportunity I have to move Chapman. So uh, the Giants are saying, hey, how much is that Martinez in the window? And he's like, not really for sale right now. Can I, uh, you know, can I discuss with you the Matt Chapman model over here? Sure. And I, I don't know that the, the Giants are buying, especially now that, of course, they've acquired Nick Ahmed. And I should make a note, when I was talking about Mr. Diamondback and, and players with a certain amount of years, I was, was just talking about position players, of course. Brandon Webb, in, in many ways, is Mr. Diamondback. But even again, that was what seven years. Yeah, it was a pretty. It was a pretty. Corbin, short Corbin Carroll, you just want him to be that guy. 
There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for, for the Cubs, just kind of taking a look at where they're at in, in National League, I think uh, Baseball Prospectus has them at 82 projected wins now following this move. So they're still kind of right in the middle. Like, I, I don't really think Cody Bellinger coming back puts the Cubs in the thick of the the you know like their favorites to win the central or anything like that at, at this point i kind of feel like the cubs had no choice but to make this move i mean losing cody bellinger for you know after what he gave them last year would have been a really big loss for them i don't really think they did anything else this offseason that would have replaced that production you know i like shota imanaga for them but he's kind of just replacing marcus stroman hector naris is a good a good piece for the bullpen i i like that but yeah, I mean, this Cubs offseason on the whole, it still kind of feels like they're they're running it back in some ways. It's just instead of Stroman, it's Imanaga. They've got an extra bullpen piece. I still think the Cubs probably would need to do more in order to really cement their status as like, yes, this team is probably going to the playoffs in the National League. Yeah, in the NL Central too, like it's just it's not terribly strong. Right. Uh, it's also not terribly weak, right? I, I think we've we've been talking uh, over the past week with some of the CHGO Cubs guys, and um, just like if you look at the worst team, someone like the Pirates, you go, and eh, they got enough of those veteran pieces, and those young guys, you know, are are, are bound to step up uh, as some of them have been over the last couple of years, where you know the the separation between first place and fifth place in the NL Central, you know, might be the fewest that it's been in any division really uh, other than those years in which the AL East just everybody's really good in it so uh, the Cubs have a decent amount of depth too that's another piece I think that's a benefit yeah. to them the True. Cardinals bullpen I think is really suspect in general uh, the Brewers you know despite the loss of, of Craig Council who is arguably uh, even with Cody Bellinger coming back he, he was on the roster last year so he's not a new new face a new name whereas Craig Council he was probably the biggest addition in the offseason yeah. right but you'd almost expect the Brewers Brewers, a, a, a team that you know isn't just coached up, um, but they have players that are, are developed up by the by the front office and their their analytics department from from years of uh, David Stearns doing that thing. You could still say, you know what, if the Brewers ended up winning the Central too, you know maybe it's only 87, 88 wins, whatever. That also really wouldn't surprise you. And, and I know the Reds are kind of that team that everyone you know really wants to think is going to take another major step going forward, but. Um, that doesn't always happen with those young teams that arrive a year early. So, you know, this this definitely helps the Cubs out. But you're right. I, I'm still not totally convinced that they are the class of the NL Central. I like Michael Bush for them. I guess that's that's one one name that I that I didn't mention uh, that trade they made with the Dodgers. Maybe he's able to contribute. But yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how things look. As you said, it's a it's a pretty wide open division. Uh, you know, if they were if the Cubs were in the NL West, they'd be in a in a much more precarious position right now. In the Central, you feel like you have a shot at not only the wild card but you know also the division, even if you're not. Uh, expecting to win 90, 95 games or whatnot. Uh, we still have more free agents out there, Patrick, which is still just a little bit crazy at this point. Blake Snell's out there. Jordan Montgomery's out there. J.D. Martinez. Uh, so, yeah, and, and Matt Chapman, as you said. So hopefully we get resolutions on on those guys here in, here in the coming days. I'm especially curious, you know, does, does this make teams a little bit more a little bit more likely to stick to their guns on, you know, what their previous offer was. If they see Cody Bellinger getting three years and 80 million, are you like, Oh, maybe we won't kick this into an extra gear. Maybe Scott Boris is actually in a tougher position than we thought. And maybe we can actually get these players for less money than we might've thought. 
it's going to be interesting to, to see how it ends up playing out. It's I, I almost get the sense too, and and you know you're you're down there obviously uh, on the backfields with, with Arizona, and, and they seem like they've already added all their chips. But still, like once everyone reports, it's like this is our team. Let's let's go forward with it. Um, yeah, and. You know the front office; they're they're still doing work. They're still trying to figure some things out. But once you've got the players, like it's it's down to the coaching staff to to do things. You're not even really worrying about you know major trades or anything of that nature. So it's it's just unusual to to add a, a player of of the caliber of these guys so close to the start of opening day. The Rockies actually did that last year in March, where they added Mike Mustakis. Yeah. Uh, Brad Hand and I'm drawing a blank on who the third guy was. Oh, Jerickson Profar. Yeah, Jerickson Profar was like super late, right? He wasn't even ready for opening day, which I thought was kind of somewhat of a farce to basically play your first three games of the season, you know, shorthanded. Like, no, nah, we are only bringing 25. We can't send him to the minors. He's on the, the big league roster. But they signed those guys, you know, because they had some injuries. Uh, and, I, you know, they, I think they were really worried about, you know, possibly losing 100 games. So um, yeah. this obviously is much different where you're talking about making a major financial investment for more than just one year. Um, and, you know, and, and you're still not guaranteed with that major roster to not only make the postseason, but as we've seen with the Dodgers in the past, you know, you can get into the postseason, but then it's not going to guarantee you anything as far as winning a World Series. So, right. you know, Boris has his, has his work cut out for him. I, I think the rest of the deals that you end up seeing for these guys probably look a little bit similar to Bellinger, where he gets the annual, the average annual value. You know, for for two to three years, with all those opt outs built in, and you know, little, little column A, little column B, but it's it's not what he was really hoping for in the in, in the beginning. He's uh, he's uh, he's going to be taking an L, I think, for this uh, in general. Yeah, yeah. Groundhog Mama says Snell went from winning a Cy Young Award to being unemployed. Great job, Scott Boris. Yes, there's going to there's going to be a lot of Scott Boris slander, which is. You know, something we're we're pretty used to because Scott Boris is Scott Boris and he says Scott Boris things and, you know, people don't necessarily love the things that he says, but he doesn't usually get slammed as much for, you know, getting his players less money than, you know, maybe we maybe we expected them to get. So we'll see how how things turn out with those other uh, those other free agents that are still out there. Patrick, I love spring training baseball. This is honestly maybe my favorite part of, of the baseball season. Uh, just getting to be outside as much as we do and enjoy the enjoy the lovely weather. If you all are looking to get out to a spring training game sometime soon, Use our friends over at Game Time. Uh, they offer an, a personal experience. It is the most aesthetically pleasing ticketing app that you'll find anywhere. Um, it is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason as well. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We talked the other day about how spring training tickets are a little bit outrageous. Uh, the word has gotten out about the Cactus League and you know all the all the wonderful things happening around Arizona this time of year. Uh, but be sure to be sure to check out Game Time. Uh, when you're when you're shopping around for those tickets 
I also want to tell you real quick about Phoenix Raceway, uh, which is uh, an extraordinary thing. I was big, big, big into NASCAR growing up, um, and uh, NASCAR is returning to Phoenix Rakes, uh, Phoenix Raceway from March 8th to 10th. Uh, that is certainly big news. They offer the best in-class fan experience, um, and it's 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 fantastic. You've got the Estrella Mountains in the background. It's in a it's in a really beautiful part of town. Um, so. Be sure to get down on this. It's a it's an extraordinary experience that you can have over at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, get your tickets to the Shriners Children's 500 at Phoenix Raceway. That's March 8th to 10th once again. Promises a weekend of good vibes for the whole family. Get your reserve grandstand tickets now at phoenixraceway.com. As a former NASCAR guy, um, do they they're letting children uh, drive these cars now? Is that what you said? It was some kind of children's race? Yeah, I think so. Yep, I think that's uh, you know, uh, I I mean, I would have trusted like eight year old me. I mean, at least eight year old me would have trusted eight year old me to uh, to you know actually go out there and and get in on the action a little bit. You're a good so. driver. You're a good driver. People, you know, look, you take some shots from time to time, but you, I felt very safe in the passenger seat when you're drive around in one of the several cars that you have in your fleet. <laughs> Eight-year-old me, Patrick, was an even better driver than current day me, believe it or not. Uh, or or so eight-year-old me uh, thought at the time. So who's, who's to say? Uh, well, anyway, thank you all so much for being with us here on this Monday evening uh, edition of Mailbag Monday. We really appreciate all of you guys making the time and hopping in with us here. Uh, be sure to follow all of us on Twitter. You can find me at Jesse and Friedman. You can find Patrick at Patrick D. Lyons. And you can find Jacob, our uh, producer today, at Jacob underscore Franklin 4. That is because he is the fourth best Jacob Franklin. Uh, you can also follow our Diamondbacks beat account on Twitter. That's at PHNX underscore Dbacks. And of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Patrick, I know you're uh, you're covering not only the Rockies at this point, but a number of other teams as well for just baseball. Uh, is there any, anything anything you wanna you wanna plug here uh, here real quick as we say goodbye? Nope, not not uh, right now. Just baseball.com for uh, all the the written content over there. Uh, there was a was a Dodgers trade, right? Actually, they made two transactions. So Manny Margot, boom, is going to the Minnesota Twins. They get a you know decent little shortstop prospect uh, in exchange yeah. there. You know, uh, I don't know that it was finalized yet, but Kike Hernandez is coming back for them. And Brandon Crawford, another NLS legend uh, out of the division. He's going to the St. Louis Cardinals. So, I mean, um, so much really great baseball action. It's it's fun to focus on one team as you and I have, have done and, and you're still doing sure. with the Diamondbacks. But uh, branching out and talking about uh, all the teams and, and all the transactions like we just did with Cody Bellinger. It's, uh, it's baseball. It's great. Can't go wrong with it. There you go. Uh, so yeah, be sure to check out Patrick's work on social on justbaseball.com, all of the things. Uh, thank you all once again for being with us here today. We really appreciate it. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when Corbin Carroll is Mr. Diamondback. <laughs> <laughs>